I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. This isn't a ballad or a book. These are phrases in a song. And whatever the listener takes from it, you will learn that's what the song means. This is art. This is freedom of speech in America. In the land of the free and of life, liberty, and fiercely defended free speech rights, why is a rapper in the dock having his lyrics used as evidence against him. Grammy award-winning rapper Young Thug, whose legal name is Jeffrey Lamar Williams, charged as part of a Georgia RICO case. Williams is accused of co-founding the alleged violent criminal street gang YSL and using his music to promote their exploits. The prosecution says Young Thug's songs aren't just artistic expression, they're criminal confession. He raps, I told them to shoot a hundred rounds and the prosecution alleges that this directly refers to the 2015 murder of Donovan Thomas. He was a rival gang leader who was shot. One of Young Thug's co-defendants, Shannon Stilwell, was stabbed multiple times whilst in custody, meaning the trial will now pause and resume in early January. The YSL Rico trial against Atlanta rapper Young Thug now on pause until next year. And this comes after one of the defendants was stabbed while he was at the Fulton County Jail. But could an A-list, platinum record-selling, Vogue-cover-gracing American star end up behind bars for life? Should a song be able to incriminate? And why is this case prizing further open deep divisions in American society? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Luke Jones. Today, confessions or storytelling? The Young Thug Trial. I'm Kieran Southern, the West Coast correspondent for The Times. And Kieran, lots of people have been very intrigued by this huge case that's being heard in Atlanta at the moment. Explain for us what's going on. Who's the defendant and what's he being accused of? So Young Thug, whose real name is Jeffrey Williams, he's a 32-year-old rapper. He's a superstar in the United States. He's one of the biggest musicians who is about now. He's topped the charts around the world. He's had top-selling albums. He's a a Grammy Award winner. At the same time, he's accused of being the head of a ruthless street gang in Atlanta. Basically, prosecutors say he's one of the most violent criminals in the state. So this trial is going on in Atlanta at the minute to decide which of those versions is the correct one. 
Gosh, so he's one of the most violent criminals in the state, they allege, whilst also being, what, one of the most famous people in Atlanta, famous across the US, famous around the world? Exactly that. That's why the case has attracted such headlines. Mm. You know, rap music's the dominant genre in American pop music. So he's really famous, and yet at the same time, prosecutors say he was the head of a, a vicious thief gang. This looks like a court case which is touching on so many sore points in American public life. Yeah, you've got the intersection of race, popular music, inner city crime, politics, freedom of speech, all wrapped into one. It sort of does touch on onto so many hot-button issues in America. And these charges are being brought against him by D.A. Farney Willis, who people who've been watching U.S. justice for a while will recognise because she's also bringing charges against Trump. What charges is she bringing against Jeffrey Williams, a.k.a. Young Thug? So as in the Trump case, she is using the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organisations Act, better known as RICO. Listeners may, of course, associate this with the mafia. It was introduced in 1970 to get the mob, and that's how the New York families were, were taken down in the 1980s. Now, RICO charges allow prosecutors to charge the heads of a criminal organisation and their underlings at the same time. It allowed them to go after everyone as long as they were committing crimes to further the same goal. And as you say, Willis has has earned some degree of fame over the last two years for going after Donald Trump. That act, the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organisations Act, RICO, how does it mean that you can go after the top dog in any alleged criminal enterprise in a way that you couldn't before? How it used to work, that's if you're a, a mafia don, hmm. if one of your underlings committed murder, a hit, then only he could get done for it. But RICO allows prosecutors to say, well, you're the head of the gang, even if you didn't order this directly, hmm. indirectly, you're responsible. And that's essentially what's happened to Young Thug, who's not accused of pulling the trigger himself. So it's not even accused of pulling the trigger himself, not even accused of saying, can you shoot this person for me? It's just this person who committed a crime is clearly part of an organisation of, of which you're the top dog, so we can make you equally as responsible. Yes. Incredible. So how does this actually then apply then to Young Thug? What's the organisation he's meant to be the top of? We are here today about a grand jury indictment that was returned um, that included not just Jeffrey Williams, which is of some notoriety and media attention, but about 28 defendants that operated within our community between the time period of 2012 and 2022. So he's allegedly the head of a gang known as YSL, which prosecutors say stand for Young Slime Life. Prosecutors say he founded it in 2012. His defence argued that YSL is actually his record label and is a completely legitimate enterprise, but essentially he's charged with gang offences, gun offences. It is our allegation that they operated as a criminal street gang and commenced to do havoc in our community. That havoc includes um, crimes of violence, um, crimes of thefts, crimes involving drugs. The gang is alleged to have committed murder of a rival, carjackings, violent robberies and, and other offences. They are committing conservatively 75 to 80 percent 
of all of the violent crime that we are seeing within our community. Gosh. So let's find out a bit more about him then, Young Thug. What do we know about his, well, his his background, his upbringing? So he's been on the music scene for about 10 or 12 years now when he was born in Atlanta. Sort of a typical story in American rap music. He was the 10th of 11 children. He was raised on a crime-ridden Atlanta housing estate. We hear details from Brian Steele, defence attorney, about Young Thug's difficult upbringing and how he pulled himself out of poverty. Jeffrey Williams was born into an environment, a community, a society that was filled with depression, despair, hopelessness, and helplessness. Steele said that young thug had watched, you know, presumably innocent people face serious consequences after quote-unquote snitches told lies about them. But what really solidified Jeffrey's distrust for the police happened three days before his nine-year-old birthday. Jeffrey's older brother, they called him Beanie, he was 20 years of age, 11 years older than Jeffrey. He shot in the chest. He watched his mother be handcuffed as a, after his brother had been shot. Steele said Jordan that incident, the young thug had watched police place a sheet over his brother's face despite the fact that he was still breathing. He was dead to the police, even though his chest was still going up and down, he still breathing. He once told Rolling Stone magazine that he was kicked out of middle school for breaking his teacher's arm. And then he spent four years in juvenile detention. Then he started releasing mixtapes and it turns out he had quite a talent for music and very quickly his career took off. He's a pioneer in what's called mumble rap. Mumble rap? Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. Whereas previous rappers you the enunciated and, and mm. each word was distinct in mumble rap it's slightly more more laid back and the words are less distinct and it's it's slightly tougher to understand exactly yeah. what's being said but this has been hugely commercially successful and how so commercially successful and when when did that start for him that success almost right away his mixtapes i think he began releasing in 2011 immediately critical acclaim and then commercial acclaim followed not long after. Casual fans might know him best for the Camille Cabello song Havana, which he guest starred in. in That song was number one all around the world, including in the UK and US. He's had two albums at the top of the US charts. He had an album this year, Business is Business. I think that got to, to number two. So yeah, hugely successful. And how would we describe what he's like as a performer? I guess both in voice, aside from mumbling, and also in presentation. Well, he's got a really interesting persona, whereas you might imagine gangster rappers and rappers who rap about gritty, realistic crime. He's not hyper-masculine. In 2016, he wore a dress on an album cover. 
he wore what I can only describe as a, a technicolor dream coat to a film <laughs> premiere in, in 2019. He wears pink, he wears leather pants. It's just sort of not at all what you would expect from this genre of music. His sound can be quite difficult to hear. Fader, the music website, they describe it as he slays, shouts, whines and sings, feverishly contorting his voice into a series of odd timbers, like a beautifully played but broken wind instrument. And I think that sums it up well. Boss, boss. Buckle, buckle. Yeah. I want Michael Jackson laying. Ooh. Oh, I'm a cash out on it. I'm high as hell, I ain't got no satellites on me. And he really is a product of Atlanta, isn't he? Atlanta, the birthplace of so many different types of, of, of hip-hop. Yeah, Atlanta's sort of usurped New York and Los Angeles as the, as the sort of beaten heart of American rap, and that all happens over the last 15 years or so. Some of the best-known acts that have come out of Atlanta, Outkast, Childish Gambino, he's not far from there, more modern, Lil Baby, who's one of the biggest stars in rap at the minute. So yeah, Atlanta has birthed a lot of these these huge stars and it's sort of the, the centre of gravity for the rap industry. Kieran, you've been explaining for us who Young Thug is, the sort of music scene he comes from, his background, and well, a bit about what the, the district attorney in Atlanta, Georgia, is accusing him of. One of the most contentious parts of, of her case against Young Thug is the use of lyrics she wants to actually use that as, what, evidence? Yeah, this is a controversial aspect of the case. It's not new. It's been happening for, for decades at this point and quite successfully by prosecutors. But Willis has introduced Young Thug's lyrics as evidence of, of these alleged crimes. She'll say that he raps about the crimes that he or his gang of committers, and as I say, it, it's not new. Happened to Snoop Dogg in a murder trial in the 1990s, for example, but it really angers free speech advocates who say it, mm. it's an outrageous violation. And it's already it, it's having an effect. Experts I've spoken to have said musicians are starting to include disclaimers in the music to, to prevent the, the raps being used against them at a later date. Gosh. And is the use of lyrics in these kind of cases... Kieran, you've written a song in which you say, I shot this man on this date seven times in the back. And then they say, well, look, here we found a body with a man with seven bullet holes in his back. Kieran clearly did that. I mean, is it that specific? It sort of can be. It's usually not that explicit. It'll normally be a reference to a murder, say, and there'll be distinctive details in the rap, like the car that the victim was driving or the manner in which he was shot, mm. but it has been used quite successfully across America. Yeah. So in this case, there's a song called Anybody, in which Young Thug raps, I never killed anybody. I never killed anybody, but I got something to do with that body. Prosecutors say as evidence that he was ultimately responsible for the killing of a rival. He raps, I told them to shoot a hundred rounds. I told them to shoot a hundred rounds, like he trying to move it about it. And the prosecution alleges that this directly refers to the 2015 murder of Donovan Thomas. He was a rival gang leader who was shot in a Chevrolet Tahoe. 
in another song, Slime Shit from 2016. He raps 100 rounds in a Tahoe. This is all admissible evidence. It's so amazing. So actually, in some of those songs, he's saying, you know, you know, 100 rounds in a Tahoe. And one of the murders, which forms part of this case, is someone who was shot dead in a Chevy Tahoe car. Yeah, that's it. I imagine young thugs. Lawyers will say, well, they're very common cars and who's to say that's where it came from? But mm. gives an idea of the sort of thing that prosecutors argue in court to a jury. And also, is there any lyrics used which are just used to try and establish that he's part of this gang and they do broadly illegal things? Prosecutors are going to make allusions to YSL and Slime Life. Young Thug's music is sort of dotted with references to the gang in another song. He says, I done for the crew. I done did the robin. I done did the jacking. Now I'm full rapping. As well as gave the lawyer close to two mil. Gave the lawyer close to two mil. He handled all the killings. He handles all the killings. These references that don't have to be very specific, but prosecutors are, are, are painting a picture of, of a guy who is the head of a gang and then boasts about it in his music. I think if you decide to admit your crimes over a beat, I'm going to use it. Um, I have some legal advice. Don't confess to crimes on rap lyrics if you do not want them used, or at least get out of my county. And on the face of it, if you take that on face value, I mean, that sounds like somebody admitting to, to criminal behaviour. So what on earth does his defence do with that? Well, his defence will say, this is just music. He's reflecting the, the reality of life on the streets. And yes, he speaks about killing 12 and people being shot and drugs and drive-by shootings. This is the environment that he grew up in. These are the people he knew. These are the stories he knew. In the opening statement, his defence lawyer said, this is a guy who's worth tens of millions of dollars. He's famous around the world. He's got a fantastic lifestyle. He is not sitting there telling people to kill people. He doesn't need their money. Jeffrey's worth tens of millions of dollars. Why on earth would he endanger that to be a gang leader in Atlanta where he could meet his end through violence or indeed end up getting 120 years mm. in prison? They say that rappers and all musicians must have the freedom to rap as they see fit without the, the possibility, the danger of it landing them in front of a jury. This isn't a ballad or a book. These are phrases in a song. And whatever the listener takes from it, you will learn that's what the song means. This is art. This is freedom of speech in America. Coming up, America's difficult, conflicted relationship with rap music and rap musicians.
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Kieran Southern is taking us through the trial of Young Thug. In court, the prosecution laid out the lyrics they say are proof of Young Thug's guilt evidence of his involvement in gang crime. How does the defence respond? They'll say he is reflecting the reality of life in certain parts of Atlanta where gang violence is rife, but at the same time, they're saying he should have the freedom to rap however he wants. And experts have pointed out that this only ever happens to hip-hop stars. You never hear a pop stars being brought in court for their lyrics used against them they'll say this is only ever used against rappers who overwhelmingly turn out to be black men and this is a a racist tactic by prosecutors Hmm. and how does that play in the america of 2023 i can imagine that's quite a powerful case saying look that the justice system is racist and here's another example of that well there are a lot of racial dynamics at work in this trial and fanny willis herself is black, many on the jury are black. Atlanta famously is a predominantly black city. So even if experts say this is a racist tactic here, it's not like there's there's a, a, a white prosecutor or white police who are conducting this case. So it is going to be interesting to watch that unfold as, as the case continues. Mm. And is this gripping so many people in the US because It's getting to the heart of something which is quite a a sore point in American public life at the moment, not just violence in cities, but also, as you say, the treatment of young black men at the hands of the law and also the sort of fraught relationship that the country's got with with rap music. Yeah, and America's got such a, a strange relationship with rap music. It's so popular. It's basically played on every radio station. It's the dominant form of popular music, and yet studies show that people still associate it with crime and violence, and that, that reflects on, on the artists themselves who are often associated to it with crime and violence. And Americans do love to consume rap, 
Mm. But they do have this sort of contradictory relationship with it. And this is sort of being distilled in this case where you've got an artist who has achieved unbelievable wealth and fame through his talent for, for rap music, while it's also contributed to, to him facing spending the rest of his life behind bars. Yeah. And are his defence making that point in the case? You know, this is the land of the free, supposedly. Why can't he do this music, which some might find distasteful and some might say gets into areas which are, you know, glorifying crime, but there's no evidence that he's actually doing it, so back off. Yeah, exactly. The defence attorney actually said, you know... They want you to fear music that talks about killing drugs. It is art. If you don't like it, you don't have to listen to it. This is America. That's the sort of beauty of living in a free society. And that is an argument that free speech advocates have. They say this has wider implications. It could have a, a chilling effect on freedom of expression and artistic expression. And while this is allowed to continue, while rap lyrics continue to be used in court, it's, it's a, an outrageous violation of, of free speech. Mm. And is there any attempt to try and clamp down on this? I mean, you said it's been used in the past, you know, in cases involving people like Snoop Dogg, but is there any effort to, from some quarters, to stop this happening, not just in this case, but in the future? There are laws, actually, in California. It would be very difficult to include the rap lyrics here just due to, to the laws protecting free expression. Same in New York. It, it would be tougher to introduce that evidence there too. Some campaigners want to bring in a, a federal law, a blanket sort of ban on, on doing this. That had the support from the likes of Jay-Z and other free speech advocates. Yeah, because as you say, this could affect the kind of music which hip-hop artists put out in the future if they think that whatever they write down in a rap is going to end up being read out to them in court. You'd, I don't know, you'd, you'd stop, you'd change what you're doing, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, some rappers are already adding disclaimers to the music. Hey, this shit like videos, you hear me? Everything I'm saying, all props. This shit is not real. Just in case the police listen, I'm not. Sort of saying this is purely art, rap music. I'm not telling a, a story of something I've done or something mm. I've witnessed. And if you think back at some of the, the, the great hip-hop music of the last 30 or 40 years, I mean, NWA, some of the best music of the 1990s, you think of the content of that. Mm. The next NWA, would they rap with the sort of same no-hold-barred attitude if they thought, well, actually, this could land me in front of a judge? Yeah. So if we return to the actual case afoot then, Young Thug, we're actually still in the early stages of this case. Do we know how long this is going to go on for and what else is going to feature as part of either the prosecution or defence? Yeah, this has been such a highly anticipated trial. It took 10 months to pick a jury. That was the longest jury selection in the history of the state of Georgia. There are more than 730 witnesses that could potentially called up, although most of those won't testify. Mm. And that's before we get to the defence. This trial is expected to last for many months, quite mm. how long exactly, we're not sure yet. And we don't know if Young Thug himself will take to the stand. And if he's found guilty, what's he facing? 
if he's found guilty, he could be sentenced to 120 years in prison. He's already been in jail since he was arrested. He's been in jail for about 570-odd days or so. Mm. But if he is if found guilty, convicted, given a hefty prison sentence, that's going to take one of the best young rappers in the industry off the table for the foreseeable because of profound impact on the Atlanta music scene and by extension, the wider American music scene. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times. With me, Luke Jones, and my guest, West Coast correspondent for The Times, Kieran Southern. You can find all of Kieran's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producer today was Edward Drummond. The executive producers were Kate Ford and Fiona Leach, and sound design was by Tom Birchall. This weekend, Times subscribers can catch the latest episode of Inside the Newsroom. It is our new behind-the-scenes series on Apple Podcasts. It's just for subscribers, and you can get it on the Stories of Our Times feed. This weekend's episode is a chat with the Times website comment moderators. Good grief. Visit thetimes.co.uk forward slash bonus podcasts to find out more. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.